Hello and welcome to Zombie Kitty podcast. Uh, this episode is going to be a Fright Fest episode. So every year, well, this is my third year going to Fright Fest, which is a horror film festival in London. It takes place on August Bank Holiday and I've been volunteering there now. This is my third year there. I'm more just going to go through the films that I watched and sort of stuff that kind of happened um, or stuff that I want to bring up. I will say that this year, as always, I have a lot of fun with these and I always look forward to them and I always can't wait. Like this, it always feels like, you know, Christmas for me. (laughs) Like for me, it's like the same excitement I get leading up to like Comic Con as well. So I always look forward to it. Um, this year was so busy. I, I think there were more attendees last year, but it definitely it for me it didn't feel like it. It felt like this year was a lot busier, and it was a lot more crazier and a lot busier, and that's actually good because I was always on. I was always doing something because I I quite like sort of. I don't like not doing nothing or not being helpful in any way, so. I was always doing something, which is great. Um, didn't see that many films this year as I did last year because of... Well, firstly, because of what my shifts were. But also, there weren't a lot of films that I was personally interested in seeing um, this year. And I'm, that's not me saying, oh, the films looked rubbish. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. It's more the fact that they just weren't really... To, to my interest <laughs> a lot of them just weren't to my interest so I didn't really go and see them I did see a few but it does mean that I can talk about them a bit more one of them I'm going to do a separate episode on because I do want to go into spoilers with that but with but in terms of this episode I'm just going to do a spoiler free thing and then I may end up repeating some stuff in that particular episode but that's just how I want to do things I'm not going to go into it just yet. I'll go into it in a minute. Um, so the films I saw was Fubar, which is a British horror comedy. That was that was in the Prince Charles Cinema. So they they share out the Prince Charles Cinema and the Cineworld Cinema. It was originally called the Empire Cinema in Leicester Square. So I saw that one in Prince Charles. I saw um, Upgrade, which is Lee Whannell's new film. Uh, which he directed and wrote, and that is, I, I, it has horror elements in it, but I would say it's more sci-fi action, more than anything else, short end of it, that is probably my favourite film of this year, (laughs) that was fantastic, Um, and then the last one I saw was a film called The Dark, which I, okay, I'll get into that in a minute actually, because I want to go into that one a little bit more. Um, but those are the three films that I saw. There's a couple of things I want to bring up. So I was working, when was it? Wednesday was the, the setup day, and then I was working Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And then on the Friday, so one of the things that they had was they were showing Ghost Stories, which is the film adaptation of the British play. Which me and my sister, me and my sister went to see the play when it was in London last, which I think was about six years ago. And if you haven't seen it, it's about to go back into London in, next year, in March. Go and see it. 
it's fantastic, it's so good and it's so scary. Um, but I loved that. And then me and my sister saw the film adaptation at the BFI London Film Festival in October. And the reason I haven't done an episode on ghost stories, because I was debating it back in October, and the reason I haven't done one is because the whole idea of the play and the film is that they say at the end, like, don't spoil it. Like, we want to keep the secret of this to ourselves. Like, don't spoil what Ghost Stories is. Um, And the marketing for the play was very minimal as well. Like, the poster was just, like, a grey poster with, like, white writing on it saying Ghost Stories. And then even the the adverts were just, you know, um, footage of the audience reacting to it. And that was it. So it's very, very minimal. But that was kind of the reason why I didn't want to do an episode on the film adaptation. Because I thought I would rather keep those secrets to myself. Even though now, of course, it's a film and people are going to talk about it a lot more and basically spoil it a lot more um, than they did about the play. But still, I wouldn't have felt right doing that. So, yeah. So, anyway, they're doing... So Fright Fest were doing a screening of Ghost Stories uh, film, but they were doing it with a live commentary with the director, Andy Nyman. And on the Friday, one of the volunteers, I was speaking to one of the volunteers, I was at the box office, and we started talking, and one of them asked about what Ghost Stories was, because they hadn't heard of it. So I started talking about it, saying, you know, it's a fantastic play and a film, and you know, me and my sister went to go see it, and it was really scary and really cool, not realising that Andy Nyman was, like, literally right behind me, because he'd just got a delivery for some, like, promotional t-shirts and stuff, and felt a tap on my shoulder while I was still talking, it was him, and he handed me one of the t-shirts and said, like, thank you for the support, um, which I thought was really sweet. I did end up, I didn't end up seeing him the rest of that day, but I saw him the next day and did thank him, but I thought that was really sweet. And I think he was there for the whole festival because he was there at the quiz night. But that was a lot of fun. That that quiz was so difficult. Those quizzes, I always feel like... Because I consider myself a horror fan. However, I have not seen nearly as many horror films as other people have. And then (laughs) that blowing quiz night was proof of that. (laughs) Because, oh my God. (laughs) That was difficult. (laughs) But congrats to the people who did win. I don't know who won, actually, because I I think I had to go outside to answer a phone call. So, unfortunately, I didn't get to see who won. And then on Saturday, I went to go see Upgrade um, and didn't realise that Lee Winnell was doing, like, uh, it was a very short, like, Q&A because there was a screening afterwards. Um, Pretty, not pretty much straight away, but, like, 10 minutes, 15 minutes later. So, fair enough that the the Q&A was quite short. It makes sense. Um, and then he was sort of meeting people afterwards. I am pretty sure I put this up on Twitter. <laughs> I am pretty sure I put this up on Twitter because, like, if for people who don't know the podcast or haven't listened to the podcast back in October, I am a huge fan of the Saw films. And he he wrote the first three, first two or three films. Uh, he also wrote Insidious as well, which I really, really like as well. So f- for me, he is one of my, like, horror idols. So meeting him, like, my voice wasn't shaking at all. 
I was very, very nervous to meet him. I felt really bad because I my flash ca- my camera flash had to be on, and I think I blinded him. I felt awful. That was really, really cool. To like, ah, uh, you could tell I'm still going. Like that was so amazing. Yeah, that was that was amazing to to meet him as well. Um, and it was cool that he took the time to kind of uh, meet people afterwards as well. Like that was really nice. Let's get into these films because I want to start talking about them. <laughs> and as I said, I don't have that many to talk about, but it means I can go more into them. So I'm going to say now, I'm about to go into the films. Spoilers for all of them. <laughs> I mean, okay, so Upgrade is the one that I'm going to do a separate episode on. I'm going to do a spoiler-free review for. I'll do that first. So let's talk about Upgrade first. <laughs> Upgrade, if you don't know what it is, it's a sci-fi action film. It has horror elements in it. It is quite gory. But gory when it needs to be. Um, it's not unnecessarily gory, I don't think. It's just when it needs to be, it will be brutal. <laughs> the idea is that Logan Marshall Green, he was in Devil. He played one of the characters in Devil. He is a mechanic. He works on like older cars. This is set in like the near future and like technology has gone like we it's not unbelievable though like I can definitely see you know drones like police drones flying around and like self-driving cars well self-driving cars are already a thing and this kind of takes it to the next level it's like okay it's a lot more public now yeah so logan marshall green plays gray he's a mechanic that works on like older cars um and doesn't isn't really a fan of the technology technological world he doesn't really like where it's going. He's just like, this is cool that you guys all like this, but it does mean job losses. <laughs> you know, because we're going to be replaced by robots. Short end of it, he ends up, him and his wife end up getting into a car crash. His wife ends up getting killed by this gang. He ends up as a quadriplegic and gets told by another person um, who he met earlier in the film, oh, I've, I can help you walk again. I've created this computer chip called STEM, which will put into the back of your, like, where your spine connects, basically. And it will connect to that. And it will basically sort of move your limbs for you, but you still have control over your body. And then it's basically, for the most part, it's a weird buddy cop movie in a very strange way because the other buddy is this computer chip who talks (laughs) who talks to Grey but only he can hear it and they it's basically like a mystery sort of film like why did this happen um what's going on kind of thing and then it takes a bit of a turn near the end which I'll get in I'll go into in my other episode because I do want to talk about this a lot more because where it went was something that I didn't expect. And there's a couple of problems I have with it as well, but overall, this is fantastic. (laughs) Like, this is a fantastic film. Yeah, it's probably, like, my favourite film of this year. If you've seen the trailer, so the trailer, the first one, showed a fight sequence where Stem can basically take control of Grey, um, if he gives him permission to do so. That happens, and Grey sort of gets up but he gets up like his whole body just stays straight and the camera moves with his movements that's what the fighting scenes are like so I will say this now if you have motion sickness 
probably not the best idea to watch this because some of the cinematography is a bit it goes to like a steady cam and only follows like Gray's movements as it were so for example there's a scene where he's sort of crawling around on the floor in an apartment building and he, as he's moving his left arm forward the camera turns with him so it, it moves with his movements if that makes sense I don't know if I'm explaining this right I might put like a gif up or something to kind of explain it but if you've seen the trailer like that's what a lot of the fight scenes are like and I personally loved it I thought that was such a cool added detail to put in like that was just fantastic Logan Marshall Green he's kind of got I know a lot of the trailer reactions because I've watched a lot of trailer reactions for this just because I like seeing reactions but I want to see how people reacted to that that fight scene and a lot of people have called him the Tom Hardy lookalike and that's kind of it yeah I can definitely see where they're coming from it's a film with Tom Hardy lookalike having another voice in his head um you know with a split personality kind of thing I wonder what that reminds me of. Oh, there's not another film coming out next month that's a bit similar, is there? <laughs> I didn't notice. But at the same time, like, don't take that the wrong way. I'm just sort of being silly. Don't take that as me going, oh, it's not original. I think it's not an original idea, but the way that it's been executed is, I think, original. That's what makes it stand out is its execution and the way that it tells this story that, to be honest, we've seen quite a few times. And it's the way that it's presented to us that makes it different and makes it stand out. But going back to my original point is that a lot of people called Logan Marshall Green Tom Hardy lookalike. I really hope that this like makes him stand out and actually makes people go oh I know that actor it's Logan Logan Marshall Green because he it is literally him for most of the film I say most of the film obviously there's other characters that come in but we're seeing everything from his perspective and we're following him throughout the entire film and if he wasn't a good actor the film would just completely fall apart but he's such a good actor and actually I want to see more stuff with him in and also some of the fight scenes and some of the, the acting must have been so challenging. <laughs> like I think when, I, I think, I'm pretty sure someone asked about it and Lee said that they were like doing choreography and stuff for like months for the fight sequences. And you can tell, like I think that, and he said like that actually is Logan doing fighting and stuff. Like he's also quite, athletic and can move around in that way so a lot of the fighting is him and you can tell and that's and I think I appreciate that quite a lot um because it makes me appreciate him like Logan Logan as an actor as well um even more so I mean even so I still I still like him anyway but it kind of just adds to that uh fondness of his acting i don't really know what i'm saying i'm still ill <laughs> but that was fantastic the music was really good as well and usually in these kind of films i don't really notice the music but the music was really really good and i really like it actually again like there's been a couple of people who mentioned this but even when i saw the trailer it just it reminds me of hardcore henry like which was the the pov film that came out a couple of years ago um, and i loved that 
I thought that was fantastic. I can see why people don't like it because it can cause serious motion sickness. I definitely get that. But I loved it. And like this definitely reminded me of that to a certain extent. More so with like the action and the type of action that's in it more than anything else. But also the music is very sort of similar to what Hardcore Henry had. And again, I'm not trying to say, oh, it's not original. I'm just saying that actually I'm saying this as a compliment because I love both of the soundtracks. I don't really want to say too much else with Upgrade because I want to do a separate episode on it. So I'm going to leave that there (laughs) for the moment um, and then go on to FUBAR. Now, FUBAR... (laughs) So, okay, yeah, so spoilers for these last two films. Spoilers everywhere because I want to talk about this. Although I I don't know with this one how much there is to spoil. Um, FUBAR is a military acronym that means fucked up beyond all repair or all recognition. The idea of this one is that it's a British sort of horror comedy, kind of in a similar vein to, like, Shaun of the Dead. And it's through these group of friends who... One of their friends is getting married, so they go off on a stag do. And this stag do is, like, a zombie-themed, like, paintball weekend or, like, paintball survival weekend. And for the most part, or for the first half, the way that it's set out is supposed to be, like... It seems like it's trying to set itself out to be, like, an actual military film. Like, one of the friends is taking it way too seriously. And the, uh, the main character is just like, none of this is real. <laughs> what are you doing? None of this is real. It's all fake. It's like, no, we have to pretend that it's real. So, yes, yeah, so they go off on this stag do. And the main character, halfway through the film, accidentally kills one of the zombie actors. Uh, I think he falls backwards and... The guy tries to like leap on him and he falls backwards and there's like a tree branch sticking up right next to him. And the actor goes straight through that. And then, yeah, they try to hide it. They The, the other group of friends eventually find out what's going on. They try to hide it and it spirals out of control from there. <laughs> um, this film was great. <laughs> this film was so funny. Yeah, it's got that sort of humour of like Shaun of the Dead and World's End and stuff like that. So if you like those films, you'll probably like this. Um, All the actors were really good. They sort of bounced off each other really, really well. Um, I would have liked to have seen more. So there's one of the guys who I'm pretty sure was in Pirates of the Caribbean. I think he was the guy who kept losing his eye. I think it was him. He's one who... His character is like... He sort of just kept getting high in school. um, And he's still a bit of a stoner. And hasn't really done much with his life. And I think they say he's, like, selling drugs or something. I would have liked to have seen a bit more of him. There was a couple of times where I was like, okay, I'd like to see... Because the group of friends sort of split off into into two groups. And they go wandering about. Which is how the second group don't find out about the murder until, like, much later on in the film. Like, practically near the end of the film. Because they go off to um, the next sort of section they need to go to. While the other group is trying to figure out how to, like, how to solve this problem basically but I would like to have seen a little bit more of the second group because you don't really I will say that the oh what was his name I didn't write any of these actors names down and I'm so forgetful but the guy who or the actor who played the father-in-law so the father-in-law was probably one of my favorite characters in this the the father-in-law was um he's supposed to be like he keeps telling the other characters oh I've been in the was it the Navy or the Marines or something? 
like I've been in the Marines and you know he keeps trying to tell all these stories about how he was in Iraq and how he was in like all these other places in these wars and the main character isn't really buying it it's just like he's just making it up and then I'm pretty sure you find out at the end that yeah he was just sort of making it up which you could see from a long way coming but it just kind of added to the humour of like him just trying to bullshit these stories basically and you were like yeah yeah whatever and then you you find out that actually it was completely true but he's he's completely lying because he's a very sort of straight straight face serious you know doesn't really want to get involved takes everything seriously like that kind of person and he hates the main character the the groom i apologize that i can't remember people's names it's not the fact that i thought they were forgetful it's more the fact that my memory is completely turned to mush <laughs> And also, I'm ill, so I do apologise about that. So one of the characters who is their friend, he looked like, um, I saw him, and I don't think it was him, but he looked like Nick Grimshaw. Like, if you don't know who Nick Grimshaw is, he's a Radio 1, BBC Radio 1 presenter. Actually, is he still with Radio 1? I haven't listened to Radio 1 in, like, eight years. I don't know if he's still with Radio 1, actually. He might be on Capital. But he's a radio uh, presenter, and this particular actor looked exactly like him. And it kept distracting me because I was like, that's Nick Grimshaw. I'm not seeing anyone else. <laughs> but this guy is a lawyer. And, well, he says that he's quite an important lawyer. But I think he just, like, one of the other characters says, oh, you just deal with, like, small issues and, like, complaints and stuff. There's nothing big. He kind of got annoying a little bit and I think that was the point I think it was supposed to be the annoying like oh I know everything I'm better than everyone else because he kind of doesn't want to get involved during like the introduction bit and the sergeant I say in inverted commas is sort of going like you know you're not going to take this seriously blah, blah, blah. he's going well actually no I think this whole thing's a bit silly and blah 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 and he's kind of that sort of person he's a bit sort of up himself some of the stuff he said was quite funny. Like, some of the things he came out with was quite funny. But I, I think he was supposed to be annoying. If he was, then he did the job pretty well. Because after a while, I was just like, okay, push it to the side a little bit. The bigger guy who is taking everything seriously and, like, acts as if this is a real zombie apocalypse was great. Because he is basically me. <laughs> he, he is basically me. If I was in that situation, I mean, before the murder, obviously, if I was in that sort of, that adventure weekend, I would do the exact same thing. I'd be like, okay, well, we're in this, you know, it's it's desperate times, it's horrible, we've got to get to shelter, we've got to get food. <laughs> While all my friends, actually, my best friend Nick would probably get involved as well, actually. <laughs> but my other friends would just be like, come on, just stop being an idiot. <laughs> but I liked him. I had a few problems with the second half of the film. I will be honest, because the second half of the film kind of took a... I mean, I can understand it to a certain extent, but it kind of took a left turn, where basically the sergeant finds out a couple more people start dying uh, due to circumstances, and they end up, the first group, having to end up having to try and hide the bodies. The other actors and the sergeant, I say in the very commas, like finds out yeah it was going to happen they eventually find out what's going on the sergeant ends up telling them later on they end up uh, the sergeant ends up finding out and confronting them they time they'll confront both groups and they end up tying him down to a chair 
the sergeant says, you know, the other staff have found out. And these aren't normal people. These are people who are ejected from the army for being basically bloodthirsty loonies. They're going to tear you limb from limb. Um, this was the part I didn't buy. <laughs> this was the part where I kind of thought, okay, I completely understand. I, I could have done without them being like, oh, they were actually soldiers who were too crazy for the army. I could have done without that bit because that's the part where I was just like, okay, not really buying that. I, what I would have preferred instead is that if they were just, you know, angry, but their training, I say from, I, I, again, I say in inverted commas, from the camp maybe um, came into use. I don't know. I would have preferred something a little bit different because that side of it, I was just like, okay, whatever. Um, I didn't completely buy. So they all end up in the, the shelter. All of the group now know what's going on and what happened with the murders. And it's kind of just mayhem from there, really, as as the staff are trying to shoot down and basically kill these other people, these these group of people. Yeah, I just didn't completely buy that whole side of it. And it was still fun, and that's really where the gore kicks in, especially with the Nick Grimshaw lookalike. Like, he properly gets beaten up, and there's just blood everywhere. I was just like, oh my god. But this was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, the other thing I was going to mention, so... Do you find out that the father-in-law basically is lying because he's challenged by the sergeant to have a fight? And <laughs> the father-in-law trying to fight is so funny because <laughs> the sergeant's there like, what the hell are you doing? And he's just sort of throwing, like he's not even going near this guy, this other guy. And just throwing punctures is an, is the wrong way to, to word it. He just looks like he's trying to bitch slap the guy. <laughs> But not going near him is really funny. But of course, he ends up getting beaten up. And then the groom ends up basically acting like a zombie. And like, I think he bites his hand off or something from what I remember. Or he bites someone's hand off. And like, he's his just got, his face is just covered in blood. I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> and even the other guy's just like, <laughs> But he ends up acting like a zombie basically, which is quite funny. But yeah, that was a really good film. I'm sorry if I, if it doesn't sound like it. It's again, I'm ill, I'm sleepy. Um, <laughs> but that was actually quite a good film. That yeah, like I said, there was a couple of things where I was like, okay, don't, I'm not really buying that. But overall, I would recommend this. The last film I'm going to talk about is a film called The Dark. Okay, so. I mean, they showed a short film as well. Actually, yeah, let's talk about the short film first. <laughs> so the short film was called, is it Wormwood from the Dead? I think that's what it was called. It's a short film. And this is like a spin-off or something from another film called Wormwood, which I keep meaning to watch. Everyone keep, people keep telling me to watch it, and I keep forgetting about it. I will get around to it. But this particular short film, I have seen the opening shot. So... Yes, yeah, so the idea is these these two people, they're sort of their hands are sort of tied up above their heads and they're in this sort of compound that are surrounded by zombies and like other workers. And what it seems to be is that people are turning uh, humans into zombies and then sort of mashing them up or something. So I don't know, make more zombies. It's never really made very clear. But this woman ends up escaping and like kills a couple of the guys. Um, the guy that she's with at the beginning ends up dying um, and she escapes 
And then the other guys, a couple of the other guards sort of follow her and realise that she's with a group of survivors and a group of zombie survivors, which is interesting and pretty cool. But the way that it's... The reason I'm being so vague is because this short film is very vague and very loud. Like, there is not a quiet moment in this theatre. There's constant noise happening. Like, constant noise. If you don't like gore, don't watch it. (laughs) Because from the get-go, there is just blood. Like, just blood everywhere. And it looks like like very graphic novel-y. And I am kind of wondering whether this was based on a graphic novel or whether the original film was based on a graphic novel. Because it looks very graphic novel, comic book-esque. I think this was about 10 minutes long. Was it 6 minutes long or 10 minutes long? Can't quite remember. This was really cool, but it is non-stop. Like, from the moment it starts, it just goes. And you you feel out of breath when it finishes. Like, I felt like I'd just been on a roller coaster. But yeah, the opening shot of the woman, because um, it opens with a close-up of her face, that particular shot and that the next couple of shots afterwards... I have seen it so many times on Facebook. So the moment that it started, because I didn't recognise what the title was, but the moment it started, I was like, oh, they're actually going to show the whole thing. Like, I'm finally seeing this. Because I've never been able to figure out where to actually watch it. So, and I saw it, like, last year, I think. Um, And I'd seen it so many times on, like, horror pages and stuff like that. But I'd only seen it as, like, a preview thing. So I was quite happy to actually watch the whole thing. And yeah, like, oh my god, you feel so breathless afterwards, but I loved it. I was just like, yeah, this is so cool. So yeah, so I just wanted to make some that, because I, I kind of forgot I'd, I'd seen that. The actual film, The Dark. Okay, so the plot that I was told that it was about was that it's to do with this flesh-eating ghoul that lives in the forest and basically kills anyone that comes, uh, comes into its sort of area. Um, and then it ends up befriending an abused boy um, and decides not to kill him. But then what ends up happening is it starts growing human emotions and starts actually thinking, actually, am I more human than I think? So that was the plot line I was told. It's not about that. So I was expecting like a fast-paced sort of monster movie. It's not that. <laughs> it's not that at all. It's more of a drama to do with this girl who is sort of left for dead, beaten up by her mum's boyfriend, abuse, uh, like, abusive boyfriend, and ends up being left for dead in the forest near their house. She ends up coming back from the dead, kills the mum, don't know what happens to the boyfriend. I can't remember. I don't think you ever find out. And, yeah, she basically lives off, like, anyone who comes into the area. So not really a ghoul, more someone who managed to survive, uh, more like a human girl who managed to survive death. And yeah, she ends up finding this abused boy who's got, I think he had his eyes burnt because he's got like burns all around his eyes and like can't see. And at the beginning of the film, she kills someone who's wanted and running away. And you find out that basically that particular guy that she killed was abusing this boy and they end up befriending each other. In terms of a technical aspect, I really liked it because a lot of the shots were really nice to look at. Um, there's not that much music. I don't think there was any music in it, which kind of added to the whole sort of quiet, slow atmosphere of the film. The two main actors worked off very well off each other, and I liked them. But I think that... Well, I think it's because I was expecting something that it wasn't, which is kind of... 
dampened my opinion on it. I think if I was told what it was actually about, I think I probably would have enjoyed it a little bit more. But also, this is an art housey, very slow film. And sometimes they work. Most of the time, I find that they don't. Um, some of the time, they do, though. This one sort of did and didn't. The cinematography was good, but a lot of the shots stayed on screen for way too long there were so many times where a shot would happen or like someone would start oh yeah so slow moving actors is another one let's get back to that in a minute so there were so many times where a shot would happen it would be like i don't know on a picture frame or something or just on nothing and i'd be like okay let's go to the next shot we're still here go to the next shot why are we still here <laughs> like there was just no point and i felt like the only reason they did that was to extend the running time but that's the only thing i can think of as to why that decision was made so that kind of annoyed me um slow moving actors oh my god uh, if you find like deliberately slow moving actors in horror films annoying well get ready for this <laughs> jesus some of this i was just like oh there's like especially with like a policeman who goes into the house that this girl's living in and he sort of slowly approaches the cupboard and I was like it's gonna be she's gonna jump out and it takes way too long for this to happen I was like she's gonna jump out okay knew it god there was so yeah there was quite a lot of times where I was like did you really need to move that slowly you're only doing this to build up tension and to desperately build up tension and it's kind of annoying Um, Like horror films, you know, like the monster movies and stuff like that, they can kind of get away with it because it's kind of adding to like the fun, like, oh, no, don't go in there. Don't do that. But with this one, it's not that type of film. So it just comes across as really annoying. And I got very impatient. (laughs) The ending, I don't understand. So the boy ends up uh, eventually something happens and he goes off into the ambulance. The girl was called Mina and the boy was called Alex. Sorry, I completely forgot what their names were. So Mina is the girl who's living in the forest and Alex is the abused boy. Um, Mina stays behind in the forest and then it goes to the next shot and she's sort of walking around by the main road outside the forest and a car approaches her and says, you know, are you lost? Do you need any help? Like, I can get you to the nearest town. It's no problem. And you don't see her face. You're only seeing the back of Mina's head so um throughout the whole film she's been like scarred and sort of disfigured and her eyes at first I thought they were actually black eyes but you realize that they actually it's dried blood that stayed there from when she got beaten up so in the the ending sort of shot you're not really seeing her face you're just seeing the back of her head and then she eventually agrees and gets into the car the the woman who's in the car the driver doesn't react to her face so I was like okay why Um, And then you find out and her face has gone back to normal. Now, I don't know if that was... And then it sort of just cuts to credits. Now, I don't know if that was Mina imagining things, like imagining her being who she was and like leaving the forest um, or whether that whole film had just been in her imagination the whole time. I don't really get it. (laughs) I don't really understand. And the credits came up and I saw... I remember just thinking, what? (laughs) wait what just happened so yeah I didn't really get that but that's all I've got to say on that one for me it's all right I'll never watch it again (laughs) 
I'll never watch it again. It was nice seeing it on the big screen, though. I will say that because uh, visually it was a very nice film to look at. But I I wouldn't have gone out of my way, you know, in other circumstances to watch it. And I think my judgment of it has been dampened by being told the wrong thing, basically. <laughs> but that's pretty much all I have to say about Fright Fest this year. Um, I'm not going to do a trailer talk. I don't usually do trailer talks for these episodes because these episodes go on for long enough or long enough as it is. So I'm just going to end the episode here. But that was Fright Fest 2018. If you have any film suggestions for me of what you think I should watch or just look out on the podcast, please let me know. I have a Twitter, which is at ZKittyPodcast. I also have a website, which is ZombieKittyPodcast.wordpress.com. I also have an email, which is ZombieKitty182 at gmail.com. And I'm also on SoundCloud and iTunes. But thank you all for listening, and I will see you all soon. Bye! Thank you.